Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Don Keller and Jim Brock, the CEO and Chief Product Officer, respectively, at Joinder, a project management software platform for corporate legal departments. Don, Jim, how are you? We're doing great. Thank you, Ari, for having us. It's a privilege. So, Don, tell us about your background and the genesis of Joinder. I was a startup IPO and M&A lawyer in Silicon Valley for 38 years. I was on the executive committee at Venture Law Group, on the board at Oric. I led the Oric global corporate practice. I led its technology sector. Several years ago, I led the effort within Oric to make our corporate practice more effective by starting a project to build an electronic file system for our corporate clients so that they could create data rooms quickly for their M&A and financing transactions. That led us to wanting to make the file system even better. And we discussed expanding this software effort within Oric or spinning it out. And we discussed that with the Oric board. We ultimately decided to spin it out and put it in the same startup environment that we were used to with equity incentives for employees and the need to finance the company uh, with the rigor of the venture community. And that's what we did. So we formed Joinder. First call I made was to Jim and he joined as the chief product officer and has done a terrific job with the product. Jim, although Joinder was built by a large law firm team at Oric, why do you think a centralized project management platform is so important for law departments? It's interesting, interesting question, Eric. You know, we talked to, I'm sure, well over 100 GCs, legal ops professionals, and so forth in the last year or two as we've been building Joinder. And what we've learned from them is that the work that they do in corporate legal really falls into a couple of different categories that are really, really well suited for automation and centralized management at the project level. You know, one of the recurring projects that they have over and over again, they need to make sure the employee termination goes well, or they have a subpoena they need to respond to, things like that. What we're finding is that by using a template approach and an approach that captures the knowledge of the organization and applies it again and again to those recurring matters, they can achieve a, a much higher level of efficiency and consistency, and they can operate the department more effectively with those kinds of playbooks the second big category that, that we see a lot is, is ongoing compliance, where it's just as important to document and record and memorialize your compliance efforts as it is to actually comply. And so having a single place, a single checklist, a single place to manage the project as it goes on, perhaps for years, is really important. People come and go, law firms come and go, but having everything that you've done in a particular compliance area in one place, in one project management solution is incredibly beneficial. I think it's interesting too, that we're really poised for growth in these kinds of applications for corporate legal. One thing that's always struck me is just how little penetration there is of corporate legal solutions within, you say, chat workspaces like Slack and Teams. If you go into the Slack app directory or Microsoft app source, you'll really find surprisingly few opportunities in there for a corporate legal department to leverage the capabilities of Slack or Teams or Jira for their ongoing work. And take, for example, 
pulling in new requests from the business. And that happens every single day among our clients. And no one's really utilizing those chat platforms well to bring requests for work into the legal department where they can be triaged, they can be assigned and tracked. That's why we're launching this month a Slack application for Joinder, which allows that legal intake process to be choreographed from the beginning to end and to be much more effective and efficient and to bring all the legal work into a place where it can be more effectively executed and where you can more effectively report out to the business on how things are going. Um, So we're going to see that happen. We're going to see corporate legal drive those kinds of applications and those kinds of connections between what they do all day and what's happening in the business and taking their work to the business, letting the business more effectively request projects seems like a bread and butter application. So we're excited about that. And we're excited about what it means for corporate legal departments going forward. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Dunn, has the increased use of technology by professionals in legal translated into a higher level of comfort with trying new tools? I think we have found that the answer is yes and no. And what I mean by that is that it generally depends on the size of the organization is what we have found. Smaller growing companies with their first few lawyers are the most willing to try new tools. That's what we have found. Larger companies and larger law firms are less eager. And the reason for that, we believe, is those larger organizations have a variety of users. Obviously, law firms have many, many practice areas. And within the legal departments, they have litigators, commercial lawyers, patent lawyers, et cetera. And they all benefit from different tools. Litigators might need a certain tool. Commercial lawyers might need a different one. So the goal um, of those organizations is often to limit the number of tools and try to find tools that will satisfy the largest population of users, which in general reduces to your question, the comfort level with trying new tools. One other interesting concept that we've seen is that the smaller legal departments are often using Google as their document management platform rather than the Microsoft stack And I would say that the Google users are in general more willing to try new tools, whereas the Microsoft stack users in general are trying to work within the Microsoft stack and make it work for what the users want, which often can be difficult. Jim, who's a more important driver of tech adoption, the in-house team or the law firm? I would say definitely the in-house team on a couple of different levels, the in-house team, you know, companies know how to buy software in a way that law firms are probably, even after all this time, still learning. And corporate legal departments and, and corporations aren't as encumbered by the kind of net cash partnership structure of compensation in law firms, which can cause hesitation about expenses and about taking on new software. So really, I would say the in-house team, I think we're with the rise of organizations like Clock you're starting to see that movement in terms of the center of gravity around legal tech from law firms where it's been traditionally to the in-house teams who are driving adoption. And I think the secondary effect of that is that increasingly the in-house teams are challenging their law firms to demonstrate how the law firms are embracing technology themselves as a condition of working with them. So on two levels, then you have both adoption directly by the corporate law firms of leading edge 
technology solutions, and then you have the pressure they bring to bear on their law firm providers, which is pretty interesting dynamic. Don, should law firms focus on developing new technology as Oric did with Joinder? Every larger organization faces the build versus buy decision with respect to technology use. I would say that in past years, it was more helpful to build in the legal tech area or more often helpful to build in the legal tech area because the product offerings were limited. Now there are many, many legal tech products in the market and finding one to fit needs is much easier. Uh, So the buy decision has become more likely. It is also hard for a firm to build and then keep up with the specialized software companies in the market that are getting more and more assets, more and more people and building quicker and quicker. And to be within a law firm building is a harder process than it was when we started the electronic file system that I mentioned earlier. So I would say that there will be much more buying and less building, but the buy decisions are not easy. Uh, There is much to choose from, and it's hard to find products that solve the problems that are faced by firms and legal departments broadly. In other words, they might solve, each individual product might solve 70% of a particular practice area's use case, and that product may not be that relevant to other practice areas and departments. So there's a challenge to figuring out, on the one hand, how to limit the number of software tools that are added, and at the same time, address the needs of innovation for each of the various practice areas. Jim, many of the businesses you've founded in your career are focused on the value of trust. How does Joinder align with that theme? Security is part of every day at Joinder. It's a part of every meeting that we have about the product. It runs deep through it, and that's because it has to, and that's because we have to earn the trust of the people who and trust us with their data every day. One thing that's been great about Joinder is we didn't have the luxury to start as a minimally viable product. We needed to turn on the product for more than a thousand companies and nearly a million files to be secured and managed. And going into that environment, I think for me, it's been a terrific education and also great respect for our security team at Joinder in terms of, of the investment that we make in that and, and who those professionals are. We had to come out of the box from zero to 60 with a fully secure product. It seems to me increasingly legal tech is not an area where there really is something called a minimal viable product, at least when it comes to security. And a lot of startups who come at these problems, I think, have to learn pretty quickly that there's no shortcut around that. There's no uh, just, hey, make it till you or fake it till you make it when it comes to security. And so that, that for me has been a tremendous education. And as you said, a continuation of, of the idea that, you know, trust is this thing that we can't lose in the internet where we're all kind of anonymous, right? We're all kind of connected in this fragile, tenuous way across the internet. That trust and security has to be demonstrated and delivered all the time. And it's, it's not easy. It is not easy at all, but, but we embrace it. And it really makes the world go around when it comes to the kind of things we do for our customers. And so for me, that's been a tremendous opportunity to learn more about that and and embrace it. Don, do you expect to see more firms creating technology ventures? I'd say the legal tech world has become more lucrative. You saw it last week as Intap and LegalZoom went public, two legal tech companies going public in the same week with terrific valuations and 
that was a big deal. And before that, uh, Clio and Rocket Lawyer raised hundreds of millions of dollars. So the environment has changed significantly for legal tech. It used to be many members of the venture community and other financing sources didn't really understand legal tech, thought that lawyers were slow to adopt and hesitated on investing in it. So I, I, I think that has changed, it has changed significantly. And the law firms have a lot to add to this legal tech venture environment. They are a great laboratory. They have lots of users and they have deep domain expertise. So there's significant opportunities to partner with venture investors. And law firms are also, they have resources and they're all competing to be innovative because they're all competing with clients who are demanding innovation. So I do expect firms to continue to participate in legal tech and to try to find the right way to team with the venture community in that area. Jim, what permanent changes to the practice of law do you expect as a result of the pandemic? Well, it's interesting. And as a result of the further embrace of automation and tools, the kind of things that, that we build, you know, one thing that, that fascinates me, because uh, you know, I practiced law many years ago, but what happens when the kind of analytics that are capable that you can do when you brought conversations into an online environment and it's not just a phone call anymore. When I was practicing law, I spent a lot of time on the phone and you'd communicate by email, but you know, ultimately we weren't in a workspace where everything that happens can be measured and, and analyzed. It's going to be interesting to see how the law is a relationship business it is ultimately a business that you know, you've got to get good advice from someone. You have to have a, a connection, a bond uh, with your counsel. And how that changes when these tools overlay the relationships is kind of fascinating to see what it means when clients are rating individual lawyers and are keeping track of things in a more meticulous way. On some level, you can say that's economic efficiency and the, the markets always move toward that. If you give people information, they will use it to make better decisions. And that all makes sense for the economy. But on the other hand, does it take a little bit of something away from the lure client relationship? And how does that look in the end? I can't tell you the answer to that, but I bet it's going to be different than it is today and better in some ways and probably worse than others. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Don Keller and Jim Brock, the CEO and Chief Product Officer, respectively, at Joinder, a project management software platform for corporate legal departments. Don, Jim, thanks so much. Thank you, Ari. Thanks, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.